Lace up your boots and grab your mouth guards. It's time for the Rugby Wrap, the podcast about all things Western Force and the game we love. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Wrap. Nice to have your company as we approach the pointy end of the Super Rugby season with just four teams remaining. My name is Mick Collison. Joining me as always, former Western Force hooker, Heath Tessman. Tess, great to see you. Excellent to see you as well, Mickey. Very excited about today's episode, I'm not going to yeah. lie. And yeah. uh, those four pointy end teams, I've got to eat my words because I said there wasn't going to be an Aussie team playing this this next weekend. I thought, I thought you said it'd be the top four. No, nah, I think that was probably Mitchie with his, oh. you know, these Brumbies glasses on. Yeah. Um, I, I said was, it was going to be an all Kiwi. Up. It was going to be all Kiwis, unfortunately. But I was pumping you up saying it was you, the only one that picked all four. Good. Top, I'll take that. Four. I'll run with it. Yeah. I'd do it. And then trying to drag himself away from one of those big, giant Darwin stubbies as Wallaby 735, Mitch Hardy. So we look forward to him jumping in very soon. Well, the Western Force showed some real progress this year, but unfortunately their season fizzled out with consecutive losses to the Rebels and the Chiefs. And one man who would no doubt be disappointed with how the season did end up is their coach, Simon Cron, and he joins us now. So, Crono, thanks for your time on the Rugby Wrap. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is very disappointed and 10 is couldn't be happier, how would you rate season 2023 for the Force? Uh, oh, look, yeah, for me, probably a 3. You know, yeah. we're disappointed we're not still playing. Uh, you know, there's a lot probably that went into the year, so there's a lot we learned uh, this year just around everybody here and what we're going to do. But um, uh, I think we've banked a lot which is important for us. So yep. you know, we can only build off that. Yep. Now you basically inherited a squad when you got in, you plugged some gaps as you went along. What were your expectations when you first arrived at the force and saw the players that you had to work with? Um, I, I, it was, it was a little bit of a worry. We had quite a few gaps and, and whether that's, you know, just in terms of forced upon the, the club or, um, you know, um, retirements or processes or planning or whatever it was. There was quite a lot of um, holes in the squad. So my, my first thought was that we've got to work really hard to try and fill those holes to put the squad together. Uh, obviously, having signed, um, you know, partway through, majority of the way through last Super Rugby season. So, uh, yeah, there was there was a, it was a worry at first. So we mm. you know, then find some players. Yeah, because because you started off pretty well. I think the only the second ever win in game one, uh, HBF Parks finally become something of a fortress. What are some of the other positives that you did take out of the season? Oh, like there's a lot of foundation work gone into the boys and the team this year, and, and by that, what I mean is, um, you know, we try to work on some key areas. Skill set being one of those, mindset being another one. So, uh, key takings for us is we've we've done a lot of work on skill set, like a lot of the foundation work. So, and you can probably see sometimes in the way that we're playing that we, you know, some of the boys are getting confident now to use these skills. Um, and then mindset's just around, you know, what we've got to do per game, what to learn from. So the good thing about playing rugby is you learn a lot more playing than you do training. So it's a good opportunity mm. for us as a squad to to learn from every game, whether they're on the road or not. So you're you're you've got a three-year deal. Are you, where you are now, is that are you heading in the right direction sort of as part of your three-year plan? Yeah, in, in terms of when you're playing forward, definitely. Um, you know, the key thing for us is is working out who's who in the zoo in our squad, working out how we can help them, how we can best help them. You know, what they need to be to be the best player they can be. And and you know, we've just finished a whole lot of uh, individual performance plans where you know we've got pretty crystal clear around how we can help our players. And then it's about adding people around them still with a few areas that we can add around them to help them grow. Um, so in, in terms of year one, I've been in this, funny enough, I've been in this, um, I suppose, process before um, with other teams I've been in where you've walked in and you, you've got a team and you've got to build them up. Um, and it is very common uh, in terms of the similarities you see within the team. And so, Crono, you talk about those, like that process of going from year one to year two and the foundations that you've built as well. Like, obviously, you had to plug some gaps this year and you need to plug those gaps again or there will be hopefully less gaps to plug next year, but still there's going to be, you know, new players coming in. How do you then make sure that that process doesn't start again from scratch, you know, with those new guys coming in? Yeah, I think the key thing for us is to um, a lot of the new guys, there will be new guys coming in because even the guys within the squad, you know, you, you're, you're working out who... 
who we think can survive in Super Rugby and who who can who can flourish versus who can win Super Rugby. So um, there'll be some changes again this year. But the key thing for us is not to have as many as we had last year. Like we had a lot last year, um, mm. percentage-wise of the squad. And then also try and get them in as soon as possible so we can start working with them as soon as possible. You know, um, even this year we had quite a large number coming in in season where there was either injury covers or... You know, so we've just got to try and get them here as soon as possible and create cohesion so they get to know the people around them. I think, I think, I mean, Mitch Hardy said that you had 20 guys made their debut for the force this year. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We had 20. So that's a big, is that a big number? Like, is that a big number? Is that a, is that a standard sort of number? Seems a lot. That's a lot. It's the only teams that have more of the teams when they have their first season in the comp, isn't it? That's That's enormous. enormous. And, 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 Interestingly, because you can see sometimes in a season you might have, um, you know, a few guys get caps, but um, it, you know that twenty players, there's a lot of minutes in those twenty players. Like yeah. our four highest capped backs were in that twenty. Um, wow. Eight of our nine highest capped forwards are in that twenty. Wow. So they're not guys that are um, that are coming in for one cap or two caps. They're guys that are playing a lot of minutes and, and, yeah. and be part of the squad, and that's probably. Also, a defining factor in those twenty, you know. So really, um, so really, your your first year, um, like yeah, you, you you can't really you've got to spend that year actually getting to know guys, and so how how could you expect? I mean, I know you gave yourself a three, which is probably a bit of a harsh market, but how could you expect more than that? Knowing that first, I think next year, fair enough, but that first year when you're kind of thrown in with a group of people that you you don't anything about, or you've got to try and build them, how can you expect much more then? Then you're three, even though it's a harsh mark. Yeah, look, um, you, yeah. Uh, talking to the other coaches because they're quite uh, animated about it as well. Um, it, it definitely puts some weights on your legs when you're trying to swim. Mm. Uh, so, so you do. You've got to. You know, we we worked really hard around trying our best to make it as cohesive as possible, but uh, it, it is a big number. Mm. Now, the, the key thing moving forward, okay, so that's what's happened and, and however it got here, it got here. My job now is to make sure that never happens again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the organisation, then moving forward and working with uh, management's really good around that. Um, so a lot around forward planning and, and making sure we've got the right people on the park, positional coverage. Um, the s coaches here now are all new too. So, you, you, so you, they all came in similar time to me. Yep. So they... Now working on um, our bodies being more resilient and, and building bigger engines. So, yeah, it, look, initially it scared me a little bit when I saw the 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 um, the squad list, and I thought we, we, we've got a bit of work to do here. But mm. uh, to the credit of the boys who took the park, you know, they they fought um, outside of their you know, above their pay grade and, and went pretty hard at it. And like you mentioned, won won some games here and. And funny enough, even though all those changes and even as frustrated as we are, when you look at it and you go, well, we were up, we won the same number of games as the Reds and one less than the Waratahs, it means mm-hmm. we're in the fight. Yeah. You know, one less than them and we're in the fight and and, and same as the Reds. And and uh, so, you know, there's and same as the Highlanders. So it means that we're there or thereabouts in terms of fighting. We just need to get a lot better and win five more. Yeah, yeah. And some of the, the negatives – during the year, I mean, obviously, one was the form on the road. Yeah, yeah, the form on our road was poor. So, and you know, that's part of that process with having so many new players in who probably have not travelled a lot. Um, so, one of the things we've got to go through, and it's a weird one because you've got some pros who are used to it, but just sitting down with our boys and going through day by day what we're doing, what they're doing, because when you're on the road, you'll train, you'll do normal stuff, but then you leave a bit of downtime for those guys and, and you guys will know that. Um, so we've probably got to dive deeper into what they're doing in that downtime. If someone's sleeping the whole time or staying in bed, that can be a real problem for us. So we've got to educate them on those. But in saying that, you know, when you look at our on-the-road games or some good performances still, we just didn't get the outcome. Like, you know, Hurricanes, we three points, we're coming back um, and we had some new guys starting that game. Highlanders, I feel like we should have taken them in a Bacago and we didn't. Got a yellow card, the spare tackle and and then mentally we panicked a little bit. Um, Auckland Blues was just a good game for us. You know, we had a chance to get a bonus point in Highlanders and Auckland and, you know, that puts you in the finals. So um, there were some good ones and then there were some really poor ones. 
um, where we really uh, went individual. And that's where we've got to make sure that we're helping the squad to understand how to react in key moments. So while the results weren't great on the road, did you find, because it's a pretty young squad you've got, those, did you find those road trips invaluable in, in getting some of that cohesion that you spoke about? Yeah. Because they get to spend time with each other on the road? Do, they do get to spend time together, but it's also um, the key thing for us is to get a good pre-season without also spending time together away from the spotlight, you know, because sometimes it can, in, in week-on-week games it can get a bit intense and they default to their best mate rather than creating relationships with everyone else. Yeah, yeah. We've got to put them in situations in pre-season now where we can expand their relationship group, you know what I mean? Yeah. So are you are you happier where you are now than you were sort of 12 months ago? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been a um, – one thing that this, this group around me will not do is stop working. So there's an enormous am- uh, amount of hours and repeat – um, skill set development mindset, all that's gone into the boys now. And like I mentioned, I've been here before, so I kind of have an, have an understanding of what it feels like. And even though um, it, it'll take me nine years to get over any loss because that's how I function, um, they, the, the base foundation stuff is way, way, way further ahead than, yeah. than what it was. And, and even the feedback from the boys who've been here for a few years, you know, that's the feedback they've given us too. Yeah, great. So season 2024, I assume planning started at 10 o'clock straight after that Chiefs game. What will be done differently next year? Or is it a matter of just building on what you've started doing? I think, no, both. You keep layering on what we've done. So keep layering on um, catch, pass, running lines, breakdown, tackle technique, uh, you know, both sides of the ball, a scrum set, a depth, creating. But then the key thing is creating depth within our squad. Um, one of the big ones for us is depth in the squad. Um, and, and, and as you mentioned, the last two games, we lost those and that knocks us out. But um, before that time, we started to get a little bit light on. Um, you know, we're in New Zealand about to play the Crusaders and 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 we're just light numbers-wise. And we're trying mm. to – Tom Horton had to play loose forward at some point. You know, on a number of occasions. And one, even, one of our one of our favourites, one of our favourites, Thrushy buddy, jumping yeah. into the beginning yeah. of the year. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Deal before we're getting a bit light on. Yeah, and, and there's a good example. Like, um, you know, Isaac Rodder obviously out for the year, effectively, apart from the last you know, sort of part of the season game. Uh, Falao Fuanga had an Achilles. He only got half the games in. So, so the big name players really were battling on the field. And as a result of that, Thrushy back in. And, and we had the two boys play lock, um, both of them 22. Um, yeah. And, and both of them are sixes, really, and they both played lock all season. So um, my job now is to put depth around the player group so that they're not having to play every minute of every game. And, um, you know, that's hard on them. I think and that the year that you've had kind of, you used the example of the locks there, like Felix and Jeremy have all of a sudden played a lot more minutes than they potentially would have played at the beginning of the year. Um, Jeremy's controlled the line out for a year as well. So... Being able to stack on top of that for you going forward, that's where the opportunity is after this year, isn't it? You are 100% right. He hasn't called line-outs prior to this year, and he called... <laughs> that's an yeah, so... Th- so uh, he even stopped calling to himself about halfway through the year as well. It was good. <laughs> hey, we got him there. That's, that's a credit to Jimmy uh, Duffy, all the work he put into to Jeremy and to Felix and 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 um, to all of those forwards um, because they had to play like, like Jimmy Williams is their highest minute forward by quite some way. Yeah, right. And he's 22, and that's his first full season of Super Rugby. And then and when, when you look down, and, and exactly what you got saying, you look down that list of those 20 new cap players, you've got Siffer, who's a 21-year-old tight head who played, I think he played 13 games or something. And then and then uh, Marley Pierce, who's yeah. 19-year-old loose head, played against three All Blacks this year, and he's not, you know, he's, he's just a 19-year-old bubs. Mm. Um, now, in saying that, even though we talk about those boys, you also have got to be careful that you know, I think it, we overplayed these guys, mm. um, meaning that we gave we we the situation we we're in, we 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 probably gave them too many minutes. And what we would have liked to do is let them have touches and pull them back again, rather than keep Jeremy on the treadmill, uh, because he would have been better for that at the end of the season. You know. So that the depth you're talking about building, do you will you build that? internally or are you looking at more 
importing some of that depth? I think a combination. We've got to bring through guys that we think will be ready. Um, and obviously, I think people like Marley and that, they've, you know, he was initially when I showed up here, he was a hooker. Um, mm. But I found out he played loose head. So um, his throw was going to hold him back. So we put him loose head and boom, he got nine games. So the key thing for us is to build some depth in between it. And then within our squad, you're really crystal clear on, okay, now that we've been here, we, you know after a while who, who we can use at Super Rugby level and who's going to be uh, successful when we open that door. So it's a case of bringing guys in around our group who can you brought, you, you brought a couple of players in during that, like Zach, Zach Kibirigi, um Max Bury, to name a couple. You must have been happy with the guys you did bring in because I thought, I thought they, were, they were all great. They were brilliant boys, brilliant boys, and um, such great um, additions to our environment and guys that work really hard. And, and you know, Max was one who who we brought in um, before going to Japan last year. Even just we'd only just landed and we're heading to Japan after two weeks of being in the club. And, and we learned a lot about, oh my, you know, what we needed to do there. And that was really an eye opening uh, idea of where we were as a squad. Um, and Max, you know, we, he trained with us the whole time and did so much great stuff. And then when the door opened, he was successful. And I think there's a real lesson in that for players that um, do all the work so that when the door does open, you can sprint through it rather than, you know, uh, fall over going through the door. Because in terms of, obviously, you're looking to bolster the side um, for, for next year. Are you looking at guys like Max that... They're yep. a bit hardened through some grade, kind of a little bit older as opposed to the young next generation of superstar? Just quietly between you and me, we've got enough young ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, What's uh, the average uh, age of the squad? I, I think it's 22. 22? Yeah, it's very young, isn't it? Yeah. Now, now, this is probably an insight into the squad. So what you mentioned before about when we were coming in and and um, and we realised that we, you know, we were missing a number of positions. So I think I've said it before, you've then got a choice. You can then go old uh, guys who maybe uh, will retire again in two years and we end up in this cycle. We, yep. Or you go younger guys and you back yourselves to coach them to a level where they'll keep um, giving to the club. Now, you need a combination of both. You, you do need your thrushies because they're brilliant and they help drive and and, and that's where Nick White comes in, you know. Um, but then what we did with this year's group is we really invested in the younger, young guys. And I know that, you know, over the Reds, Thorny, that they talked about a really young side back then and, and, and ultimately if you did the research on our squad this year, you're looking at babies in a lot of positions um, in that type five. So um, the more we've got our hands on them, the better. It's just like anybody, when they're at that stage of their rugby career, they're going to take a lot of time. So we've just got to, meaning our resource time. So we've got to give them as much resource time as we can. And and that's kind of what we've done this year. So if, if there are guys like, if you're a player like Max Bury, so how did how did you find him to take him to Japan? So um, Max was in Shoot Shield. We've been tracking, like, even where I was previously in Japan and everything else. You've got to, I always watch Shoot Shield anyway. I watch Perth Club Rugby. I watch, I watch a lot of the rugby that happens back here, and that's just of general interest sometimes. It's just nice because we uh, you, you're able to get an understand sometimes over there, you know, through the yep. So we watch a lot of rugby, and, and I knew about Max. Obviously, I coached Max's brother, Harry, as well, when I was at Northern Suburbs, um, and then he went into sevens. Uh, my understanding of Max is that he can play 10 and 15. Um, and w- when you look at Max, what you see is a guy who's got – he's really quick. So, so he can run. Um, his kicking game at that point was nowhere near what it is now. So his kicking game at that point was a big work on for him. But he can run, he can pass, and he's played in some good systems um, over there. So my feedback in the background on him was he's a real student of the game. Now, you've got to back yourself to coach the talent. If a guy can sprint like that and hmm. and pass, then let's get him better at kicking. And Will Houston did a lot of work on his kicking. Um, and give him shapes around him that he can play to. And, and, and that's what we did with Max. So... Um, and there's a few guys like that we're working on in the background, you know. So have you got any advice for, say, you know, for players that are, you know, toiling away in first grade, you know, 24, 25, they think their time's gone past. So it hasn't, has it? Like they, oh. if they, if they, there's still a chance. They don't have to have been a superstar to get picked up. No, the biggest mistake is that you think it's past and you stop working. Um, yeah. And, and the opportunity will come. And, and you see it all the time. Like I know, I remember some guys – I grew up playing with who one of them made made the All Blacks at 29 as a prop. Yeah. So the, the door is always 
um, someone's always watching from somewhere. And if they get good feedback about your work ethic and your culture within your club, and and you know you're a guy that that does all those things in the background around your homework, and then people will push your name forward. And and when people come knocking and they ask, hey, what's this kid like? It's mm. quite interesting because each coach will have people they trust, and they go to somebody and say, hey, what is this kid like? Sometimes the door closes straight away because the person will say he's got no work ethic or um, yeah. is not a good team man culturally. It's amazing that that can shut the door on talent. Um, but with then when you get the opposite of that and you say, hey, this guy's amazing um, culturally and has all the talent in the world, just needs a bit more coaching, then you open the door. And and so mm. the message to those guys is someone's watching you from somewhere. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, get on it. Oh. No, I was only just waving. That was I didn't I only got my first contract at twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> I was an I was an old bull by then. <laughs> but the reality of it is, you're front rower, right? You are you are just starting. Yeah. I was ahead of it. Yeah, I was ahead from what I was told just when I was young. Back then, you would have been ahead of it, and that's where your Marley Pierce of this world. It's a very unusual um, position for Marley and Sifo, nineteen twenty one. Like that, that in the front row. Unusual. It's the yeah. professional era, isn't it? It's the need people for more years. So, so where where are you looking to? Are there any sort of key areas that you, in terms of players and positions, that you that you're still looking for next year, or you you kind of are happy you doing with... manage? Are you managing now, Mick? No, no. I'm just, just, I'm just interested. I'm just like a fan. No, no. We we definitely are looking in key positions, and if you're looking at our squad, you can probably tell where we need to grow depth. One of them's lock. Um, obviously, like I mentioned before, those two boys playing playing in that position that whole whole year. So we need to build some depth at lock. Um, obviously, with Flair going over to France, we've got to make sure we get another hooker in that position. We probably need a little bit more depth in the props. Um, we 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 got a bit light on at prop, uh, and obviously losing Robbo is a big loss to us. We lost both uh, Robbo and Santi this year, and it hurt yeah. us. You know that hurt us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, type five forwards is a is a key area for us to be to be focusing on creating depth. And is there much out there that you've you've kind of have you got the you know the line in at a few places? Well, we've, got, we've got lines in everywhere. Uh, <laughs> we're watching a lot of footage and have been for a little while. Hodjo as well, and um, we're tracking guys at the moment just around their performances and and what they add. And and so yeah, we've got we've got to be on it twenty four seven because even now yeah. is late in the party, you know. Yeah, and you spoke a little bit earlier about that uh, the medal application. It's something Eddie Jones has been talking about. How much of that game is now that that medal side of it? It's huge. It's huge, um, and you can see it. So, so to give you an example, like okay, so that Rebels game, that second to last game, um, our, our review post that. So, so what happened in that game? We score early, um, and the the week in terms of prep was pretty good. So we scored early. And then we took the foot off almost like, which have, yeah, almost like, you know, and then it got to 19 7, and that's only half time. We had the opportunity mm. to take a penalty in front, go 19 10, and we hadn't had a lot of ball. So that's a win going into the half, and we can run them down. Uh, we then went quite individual. So my question on them to them on Monday morning is I just put the question up on a board and I said, okay, so boys, at what point did you decide? Um, that we'd lost the game and you needed to chase it. At what point? And then I just put up the times, you know, 43 minutes, 19-7. And, and, and I'm going, because at that point, we started doing a whole lot of things very individually. So instead of as a team and sticking to defensive structure or attack and making them uh, tackle us, we chipped the ball away, threw a long ball, intercept, chipped the ball, try, try. So we just started trying to win it each person by themselves and mm-hmm. and the people who were trying to stay uh with the plan got frustrated and the people who um saw 197 and decided we needed to chase started doing crazy stuff and then it just goes boof yeah. uh, so okay what can we learn well mentally the two areas that we will apply pressure to us in the game is scoreboard and time now my question to them was okay was there scoreboard pressure no okay we still had 38 minutes to go was it time pressure no. Okay, so why do we change all our processes? Why did we go? And it's mindset. It's it's mm. just understanding and controlling that. And and um, post-game, my first question was, okay, boys, nothing in that game did we do well. Nothing. 
is it mindset or skill set? They said mindset. Okay, so can we fix that? Yes, we can. Okay, so it's then addressing that. It's not hiding from it, you know. Because is that is that where you can see the most gain? Like, you know, in the gym, a player might, you know, pick up 5% in terms of their strength, whatever. Is is the greatest upside, you think, in that in that mental side? I think there's a combination, but definitely for us, there's a big big area for us to improve on. Um, we definitely have the, the gym side of it. I think we've got more, like, like in terms of, if you look at some of our body shapes, we can get more power out of the legs. Um, yep. So, so our SNCs have identified that's going to be a focus for us and more leg power. But we definitely, the mental side of our game is a big part of it. Yeah. In terms of just giving them as many experiences as possible to be able to stay in the process, handle, put scoreboard time pressure, but also, like you mentioned earlier, even preparation towards certain games with the younger guys who mm-hmm. haven't prepared for as many games. Um, and getting them used to the same sort of process that they go through to prepare. So there's quite a lot for us. Yeah. Now, Mitch Hardy has joined us. He's pulled himself away from that Darwin stubby. <laughs> Mitch, anything you want to, to jump on with Chrono? We might have covered some of it, but I can always edit you out. <laughs> Extra full working day today for me, Mickey. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Forgot that you guys are starting at five today. I was busily doing all my briefings and bits and pieces. Um, sorry about that, Simon. Um no, I guess our favourite word's the C word on this show, and that's cohesion. So, um, so I guess my question is, how do you start to build that cohesion? And you talked about a few players moving on and, and covering key positions, but how do you build cohesion between now and twenty twenty four season? Like, do you want to just cover off some of the, um, I guess the the forward planning that you've got with some of the matches coming up, but also, how do you keep this core group together leading into the 24-24 season? And you're 100% right. Like we, I think we, it was pretty crystal clear with the lowest cohesion uh, rating or ranking um, before I even landed um, around the player group. And, 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 and therefore, that's a key focus for us. And exactly what you said is how we do it. We add more games into our, into our calendar year because Super Rugby is only a small block. It's a sprint race. Uh, and we need to get, try on those tours to have the same players next to each other so mm-hmm. they can build cohesion and keep and key positioning groups um, so even though we've got the cheerleaders games and we're trying to add even more games around that sort of um, what we would call third tier spot but it's giving guys opportunities within the squad who we think will play super rugby to play with each other again um, and the hard part around that is obviously you know Santi will go to Argentina uh, Sipa he's got a knee that we've got to look after so there's, there's some guys that we, we, we can't take and we forced in that position but in the ideal world all of our boys play again so what, what have you got locked in so far cheaters and and you got some japanese stuff coming up uh no we've got four cheaters games cheaters and more cheaters, <laughs> two more cheaters. And, and two in uh australia uh here and we're also in talks with um you know a couple of franchises around maybe doing 10 day camp with trial games and stuff so so just more time together mm. in games um, as yep. much as we can and, and like you said, the last, unfortunately for us, a lot of those guys in our squad either uh, were young and new or arrived in season late. And, mm-hmm. you know, and even like to give you an example, you, Izzy Nasrani, great human, tough man, comes in, he's got a busted knee. We build him up and he's on, but we put him on pretty early because of the numbers we had. And you realise he needs some, a, lot more, a lot more help at scrum time. So I'm like, oh, he missed out on that whole preseason block. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you grab him and you bring him back in. You're like, okay, let's fix this. Your bum's too high. You know, all that kind of stuff. So um, ideally, exactly what you said, if we can keep the core together and give them more game time, it'll be much better for us. Because I think last year, did you only, you only had one official, uh, one official trial, is that right, before the uh, season? No, we played uh, in Brisbane. Yeah, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, two, yeah. And then we had one back here with the Reds. Uh, that's right. We, we learned from both of them, like even traveling over play Brisbane after having the season there. Uh, we in the first 11 rounds, we only had three home games and they were one, you know, one. So it's almost yeah. a away game, you know, you want to be the block. Uh, yeah. the Brisbane one almost added a, a tilting factor to, to a bit too far, um, adding it into the travel that we did. So mm. better for it this year. And Simon, have you had much of an opportunity to tap into Eddie now that he's on board and getting around the country? 
Yeah, we, Eddie came over here with his coaching staff um, and, and, and spent a couple of days with us, which was nice. And, and we will um, go into Wallaby camp and, and spend some time with them. So I'll plan to get in there ideally next week um, and, and, and spend some time in there. Um, and the key thing for us is to align ourselves as best we can to make more Wallabies. Yep. How was the uh, how was the energy in the gym when Eddie was floating around the building? Was <laughs> lifting PBs or was it nervous energy? What were they? <laughs> I, I missed him in the gym, but he gave a pretty good speech in the in the in the team room and and just talked about his vision and his plan for the Wallabies, which is great. Um, and you know, it's the same for us. Like, you know, one of the things we've got to do. You sit there listening. We had a great chat with the Chiefs coaches after we played them, and you know they said to us, look, three years ago, I think it was, or four years ago, we lost 16 games in a row. Wow. And he, and he said, we um, we kept the majority of those guys together. We got rid of some of the weak ones. We added some strong ones. Uh, and we just kept the boys together. And now this is where we've got to, you know. So, um, uh, and that's kind of like a lot of the stuff that Eddie's talking about trying to do with the Wallabies is a lot around what we're trying to do here and the Chiefs. You know, it's quite interesting talking to them because if you lose sixteen games or whatever it was in a row in New Zealand, that's yeah, that's a yeah, that's a lot. So, so are you are you happy with kind of where everything's at, where you're at, and the system? Uh, and I'm 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 happy with the people we've got around the team. I'm I'm really happy with a lot of the boys we've got coming through and who they are. They're great people and um, they're sponges, and they'll be really you know awesome. I'm still work. We're still going to add. We're going to add some key fundamental positions for us. We don't end up in the position we did this year where um, I'm telling Jimmy Duffy he needs to play. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. and I'm well, just he not, one keeps his phone on too. Don't worry. Hey, hey. Chrono's hey. <laughs> deleted worry. my number. He's, he's calling him <laughs> too much and blocked. I said to Heath the other day, he's looking good. Uh, so, we say that to him every week, mate. We say that every week. <laughs> yeah. But we can't we can't take our foot off the, off the accelerator. You know, um, and and by that, like I said to you before, I've been in these situations before. We've got to now lever off the work we've done so far, and I think the boys right now need to get away from us for a little bit, have a bit of them time, come back in, refresh, and then you know even reevaluate. Okay, the last four weeks, last and then give them rugby against the South African teams, give the SNC guys the opportunity to make some change because we've been on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of my SNC coaches said, "Chrono." I don't feel like I'm part of the team. In the last seven weeks, I've seen you guys for two. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's a learning for me. You know, um, you're right. We've been gone a long time. So yeah. uh, how can I make, you know, your – he's really fresh. Our boys all coming in like this, and he's like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've got, we've got to learn around how we can do all that better. Yeah. And you're, you're happy in Perth. You're enjoying the support that you're getting from the fans and the oh. media and everything. Look, really, I really, I tell you what, they, you know, before I arrived, you know, I talked to them about the Sea of Blue and the fans and the supporters. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. But they really are passionate, lovely mm. people. And I, and their passion's good. And, mm. and, and you know, we've got to now, like I said to you, it's, it's not about a short-term blunt for us as a coaching group. The measure of our success is after here, this place is still successful. Yeah. And I think there has to be, uh, there has to be a legacy post this coaching group so that when we set it up, it stays. Uh, and that's going to take a bit of our soul for the first few years, which is which is what we've signed in for. Uh, yeah. And then hopefully we can leave this place in a really great spot uh, going forward for those people and for the supporters. And, and part of that, we've got to grow the game here. Yeah, you know, We've got to grow it. We've got to get into the schools. We've got to... We had one of the schools down for our last captain's run. You know, we trained at Newman College and they told me how they used to have rugby posts and they don't really put them up. So um, we've got to take that on our shoulders too. Yeah. So oh, just on that, man, before we do let you go, um, for the when, – so when's that first game against the Cheetahs? It's in um, September? Think, uh, no, it's in, well, I think it's in August at some August, point. Is August, yeah. yeah be, be, because what, have you got many forced players that will be dropping down into club rugby? Yeah, all of them should be going back in the club every now. So, right. um, you know, a, a number of them played in the weekend, a number of them more will be we're going this week. I know Manas is out there uh, this week. I was just having a chat to him. Uh, we got down, I got down, coaches spread around the club games in the weekend. Uh, I got down to Cotton Netherlands. 
I know one of the coaches is at West something this week, and I'm at Cot at one point to help them, and then um, right. spread ourselves around. So I think yeah. I'm meeting another coach tomorrow for breakfast or coffee or something. So the more we can do um, with those guys, uh, the better. Yeah, you know, Mate, fantastic. That's great to hear. Well, Cronulla, I'm sorry the season didn't go as well as we would have liked, but from what we've seen, there's no doubt you're the right man for the job, and we're excited to see what happens over the next couple of years. So good luck with the planning, and thanks for your time and the rugby wrap. I love being here. Thanks for your support. And, um, you know, I look forward to catching up at, at different times. Fantastic. Thanks, Crono. Thank you. Thanks, Crono. So that was Simon Cron, the coach of the Western Force. And uh, yeah, I like him. I like him. Good bedside matter, Mickey, which is really important <laughs> from a coach, yeah. as you say. But, um, uh, yeah, no, look, and, and there's so many good news stories. I mean, the five out of six home games, I think it was in the end, wasn't it? Or six yeah, out of seven. five out of six. Five, out of, five six. out of six is a good record. If you can start getting, stringing a few away wins together, uh, you start to really sort of challenge that top six of the ladder, and that's where they've got to be. And, look, I, I think the formula's right. It's just getting in the balance and having the depth, and mm. that cohesion is just key. I mean, you saw... They played a lot better footy with Max Bury at 10 towards the back of the end of the season, but there was a lot of chopping and changing, mixing and matching during that early part of the season, especially when on the road. So, you know, there's loads of potential there. You got, I think the good news story out of the year was probably Jeremy Williams. I give yeah. him Fantastic. best first-year player. Um, was outstanding. Uh, and certainly Max Bury stamped his authority. There was the other good news stories. The signings of Sam Spink was a good one. Uh, and the back three were very consistent all year as well and, mm. and could score tries. And, you know, if we had any criticism from the last couple of years is their inability to score tries, and they certainly turned that around this year. So yeah. um, it's just got, you know, it's just book-ending book games. Start well, finish well, and make sure you cover off the middle bits. Yeah. And um, I just think, and I think him having that, you know, you need a foundation. He's had that, he's had that 12-month foundation. So for me, you know, year two and three, uh, that's, I think that's where he'll need to be judged. I think this first year, it's very hard to come in and, and create oh, yeah. miracles out yeah. when you when you don't know anything. So with 12 months under his belt, I, I think the big improvements will come in the next two years. And that's yeah. like, he's, like he mentioned, like they won the same amount of games as the Reds, won less than the Tars hmm. with good established squads, um, yeah. you know, who still had their own injury problems as well, but nothing you know, more significant than what we went through here. So, yeah, we there's there are bright bright things ahead. I think yeah, if we can keep absolutely. this coaching group together and give, if they get the opportunity to serve out this this term. I think that we mm. will see a, a turnaround because yeah, Chrono is a a man that knows where he wants to get to. He knows where he wants his group to get to, and he makes it clear to everyone around him that you know this is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there. So there's no. There's no question that he hasn't got the drive and the and the leadership to to get this group where they need to be. Yeah, no, he's a very impressive man. So uh, yeah, hopefully next year it is brighter things. So Mitch, finals footy we mentioned off the top, the pointy end now with four teams remaining. And I thought Tess was the only one that picked the top four sides going through. He reckons you might have said that that it was the top yeah. four. Yeah, you I said it. Yeah. I mean, I thought about I putting my hand up for it, Mitchy, but no. no. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, we all know that wouldn't have worked. Tessa would have stuck up for myself and said, I've picked all four results. No, I said the Fijians might have an upset against the Crusaders, trying to be a little bit optimistic, yeah. but then you actually uh, just, picked them. I actually picked um, them, yeah. That, that yeah. Didn't work. Then, but, just, but the Reds the Reds did take the Chiefs all the way to the, the wire in that in that Chiefs-Reds game. Like That was that was probably the second best game the, Chief, the Reds yeah. have played all year. Yeah. And it just shows the show the Chiefs are very beatable mm. the way they're heading at the moment. And the Brumbies, well... You know they can count themselves lucky. So was it uh, was it a try? A, try or no try? Well, you couldn't see. Artie reckons he got it down, but you could not see from the review whether there was a clear grounding or not. Yep. Yeah. But again, so you got to give it a no try. So, but again, <laughs> that Brumby's bench were outstanding. Their depth off the bench on the weekend yeah. was what won them a game, and that's yeah. that's got them through a few games this year. Um, and as long as a fully fit and able to pick their best 23, the Brums, I'll, I'll still say it, the Brums can certainly beat the Chiefs. Um, the disappointment for me was the Waratahs didn't even fire a shot against no. the Blues. They didn't even compete. Yeah. It was just rolled over. Um, look forward to Mad Monday sort of sort of attitude, and um, yeah. that was a bit disappointing. Um, and they probably just fizzled out. Probably should have been a lot better than what there was. I think Darren Coleman could be a little bit disappointed 
with the season. Yeah. In my view, even though they finished sixth, they're really their best was well below par, I think, yeah. for the for the team they had on paper. And they had a couple of good news stories across the year, like young yeah. Ange Jorgensen coming through and a few others, but really the expectations after more. last year as well. Yeah, you would have you would have thought they would have been pushing much closer to being that top four. Hmm. Because they, yeah. they were six the last ladder. year as well. That's what he was saying. They've basically haven't haven't improved in twelve. No, no. I, so, I, you'd say they're almost worse with some of their performances, even though they finished six again. Like I don't yeah. think they performed as well as a group uh, mm. this year as they did last. Like and I, you know, Fiji, the Fiji drew up. They they performed really well this year. Their home crowd support was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. They brought us some of the the best entertaining rugby of the Super Rugby season. Mm. Okay, yep, they got a bit dismantled on the on the weekend, but the Crusaders will do that to you, won't they? Yeah, they yeah. just pull your pull your wings off. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, I'm sure I'm sure Mickey, you're gonna touch on it, but as we go into the finals this weekend, but Crusaders twenty nine from twenty nine when they play finals games at home. That's quite amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing record. It's, that's absolute insanity. Yeah. So the, the two the, game the two games this week, we've got Blues Crusaders. <laughs> On Friday, yep. and then the Brums against the Chiefs on the Saturday. So, what's going to happen? Who's well, through? I'm, I'm predicting Crusaders Brumbies final. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm all right. I'm actually. I, I mean, I don't want to put the kiss of death on the Brums as well. <laughs> you think I the Brums? A, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon that's it. If there's going to be an upset this weekend, I think it'll be. I don't but think it it'll be an upset. I don't, I don't think it'll be upset. No, I, I, think, say, I think I'll, the Brumbies yeah, are the firm favourites. Even though they're playing Chiefs say, in Hamilton, I think yeah. the Brumbies are the favourites because of think, the way they're playing. Yeah. If I was going to say, if there's going to be a, an upset, it'll be the Blues over the Crusaders because I don't think Correct. it's really an upset if um, hmm. if the Brumbies go to Waikato, go to the Tron and beat the Chiefs. Like, I just, you know, I think it's, it's, it's going to be tough to split the two, but I don't think it's going to be a boil over either way. I think whoever wins will just hmm. have deserved it. And Yeah. And yeah. it'll, they'll come away with, you know, they'll come away with. I don't. They won't be hosting, will they? No, that'll be. Where will the, the final be? Crusaders. Oh well, then it's all over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got the run. They've got the run now. So yeah, and uh, you know that that's the thing about the where the the Blues and the Crusaders finished on the ladder. Like you know, that two points differential has been the difference. That could be the, the what puts the nails in the Blues coffin because. Mm. If the Blues were hosting the Crusaders, I'd say, no, I'd probably lean to the home ground, Eden Park advantage there, and they probably could go all the way. But finishing third makes them having to go to the South Island. Yeah. Yep. Tough And, it, and yeah. as well, but looking at that table, like the look back to the Brumbies going down to the force, like they win that game. Yeah. Where that, that puts them up in second spot. All of a sudden they're sitting at they're seeing yeah. the Bruce Stadium they'll for be, a couple of they'll, weeks. They'll be so ruined that one, won't they? Yeah. Don't worry about travelling away. Hey, and um, Jack Debrasini, has he, has he, did he play himself into a Wallaby, Wallaby jersey? Spot? I'll yeah. tell you what, he was outstanding in that game. Him and Tom Wright were the, you know, I mean, the forward pack were just, they all worked as an eight on the weekend. Uh, I thought Caden Neville, yeah. he was immense, Caden yeah. Neville. Yeah, there were some standouts in there, but I thought Debrasini and Tom Wright. Um, really managed the game well. Their kicking game, their decision making, and their responses under pressure were really good. And Debrasini sitting with his boot was excellent. Because he's not a name that's kind of been thrown around. I mean, he's kind no. of. But but I I think that surely Eddie would have looked at that and thought, wow, that's, well, that was a, be... that was a big game, and he he controlled it well, and yeah, he's got that massive yeah. kick on him. Yeah, well, I think that's the opportunity. Is that he he's got the boot and the decision-making to control a game of football, which is potentially what Eddie might require of his 10. So I wouldn't be putting a line through him just yet. That's mm. for sure. He's, you'd be putting him in the uh, – you'd be sharpening the HB pencil, Mickey, yep. and putting him in the probables <laughs> column. Yeah. And that, yeah. and that's – but, you know, and and his advantage as well is that he's still playing. Still playing, And correct. he's getting to still keep playing at, at high-level high level games, like finals football, where he does get tested. He gets put under a pressure cooker a lot more than, you know, playing against – the drill or playing against whoever a month ago. Mm. So that's, that's his opportunity to put his foot forward. And I think, yeah, I mean, I looked at it probably a little bit more cynically than everyone else, but, but I'd, I'd read all the hurrah about him prior to watching the game. So I, you know, I looked over, I looked in, at him a bit closer. 
and I think he is controlling the game well and kicking it. It's just the the physical side of it, like that the defensive side of the ball, whether he, wherever he's defending, he just needs to commit a little bit more to the physical side. And I think absolutely. Why? Why does he? Why not? Because mm. they yeah, hit Carter, that, Carter they hit quite Cooper for. Yeah, but I'm not a big fan of hiding tens like that. They either can but, play or they can't. Oh, I think, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but got, you know, they hit him at the that... back and the back row still ran through the line and then ran straight over him, unfortunately, as well. There's no place to hide on a rugby field. You can <laughs> hide all you like. I tried it for years. Can't get away with it. So those games, Crusaders Blues 305 on Friday, and then the Chiefs Brumbies at 305 on Saturday. So, uh, so wait, be... are we both tipping a what are we, are I'm, we tipping I'm a Crusaders tipping the, Brumbies final? I'm going Chiefs Crusaders. All right. That's yeah. that's my um that's yeah. you writing you writing that down, Heath? Yeah, well, yeah. Well we hey, two, we've, got a, we've got a recording of it for you. Two blokes the same. <laughs> So that'll be great. Looking forward to that this weekend. They're just turning it to club rugby uh, in WA. Soaks had a good win, 35-17 over the Dogs. Wests, 27, continuing a, a losing streak for UWA, up 27-21 over the students. Calamanda, 52, Southern Lions, 13. Netties returning to form, 31-26 oh. 20, over Cotton. Oh. And apologies to all the Netties fans because we wrote them off. No, no, week. not apologising to the Netties fans. Hey, just, wait, just listen. Guys. Listen. Wait. Calamander against Southern Lions, which will be a beauty. And then Netties are playing Cot, which traditionally would be a great game, but I think Cot will just sorry about that one. that one in. And then we gave Netties no chance. No chance. But yeah. after them playing absolutely woeful, dreadful rugby for the last weeks, they obviously maybe got a couple of old boys down there, like a Heath Testman gave them a bit of rev up and say, come on, guys. Even Mick and, Mick and Mitch have lost the faith. You've got to do something special this weekend. There must have been some inspirational words spoken at training on Thursday night. Maybe Bawley got down there and got stuck. In, had a couple of spates under the belt and got stuck into him <laughs> in, in between darts. <laughs> well, that's a that's a big return to form. Big turnaround. That's a big, big turnaround. So, which is good because it means the competition is narrowing up a bit more. Yep, and then it the, started to divide out. It did, and then the stand game: Basie thirty-eight, Judelup twenty-nine. And hats off to Judelup Test. You know, very well led by Sheldon Tarawa. They just mm. would not go away. They had two players in the bin at one stage, but they just refused to go away. Yeah, and that's like we we spoke about on the weekend, like Basie having some of their big names players really standing up. But like the strength in that Jundalup team, like no one really shone or stood out. It was just because it was such a a strong, committed team effort. And um, yeah, and like Sheldon, he said it at half time. He said that you know they weren't too worried. They were eighteen points behind, I think, off the yeah. He was calm. My head, and he's like, yeah, we're we're cool. We're not scared. We're not worried. We'll get there. <laughs> Yeah. And like say, and that, I mean, it's a great example of exactly what Simon Crom was talking about before. Like just, you don't need to panic. You don't need to solve problems on your own. Like yeah. they stayed strong. They didn't, they didn't get the result in the end. Like it came down to, what was it? They lost that line out or yeah, it was they, a quick they, turnover they, right near the end. 28 meter pushover. Well, that didn't, yeah, that, oh, yeah, that was ball, as a result. Yeah. That was as a result of the, the previous play, the penalty they gave away, but they were, you know, they had them under pressure and they yeah. had the, the chance to win that game, and it was yeah, it was it was a good performance by by them as well. Hmm. So I thought their backs. I thought, the up, I thought the Jindalup backs looked sharp all day. Like they they seemed to use the ball pretty well. They just yeah. they just got pushed around a little bit up front. And doesn't the big number eight powder make a big difference to the Basie oh, yeah. pack too? That's yeah. um, He's great. And the second rower, um, Brandon oh, Oliver, Oli. very good, yeah. good athlete, a yeah. real athlete. Going really uh, well this year. Yep. He's, he'll he be looks fit and strong. He'll be bringing yeah. his. I think it was his hundredth game. Will be in about two or three weeks as well. He's sitting on yeah. about 96, 97 yeah. games. So having, he's having so the best be... season he's ever had. That one. But yeah. I also mm. heard that the big number eight's heading overseas at some point. Yeah, so. he's off to Beziers. Yeah. Just uh, wondering if he'd be around come finals time. Well, well, you'd hope so. Wow. Well, he might not be actually. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But it'd be good to see if someone like that, Brandon Ollo, gets. You know, I know last year they picked a couple of. The um, first grade players went on that Japan trip. It'd be great if he gets a run, you know, against the cheaters, throw him in there, have a look at well, him. But, and then uh, that's the thing. Hopefully they do. Because isn't that, I think it was Powder that was given an opportunity. Yeah, he went away. As yeah. well. I think he went away. So, went to Japan. Yep. you know, they, I don't know, for whatever reason, they haven't used him here, but good on him for um for getting his opportunity. But like you said, like someone like, you know, Bren Nolo, close to 100 caps of first grade rugby. So he's experienced. Yeah. He's not going to be overawed by a couple South Africans running at him. Over no, exactly. Port, so. <laughs> exactly. 
So, so looking at the ladder, so the top four, UW on 39, Pally 36, West 34, and Soaks 32. So all pretty tight in that top four. And the next four, Perth on 30, just out of that four. Cot 29, just a win out. Nettie's hovering around on 25, and Southern Lines on 17. And then Junlup 16, Calla 16, and the Rudogs on 15 points. Rudogs. So, Rudogs, disappointing. Yeah, mm. very. Like, very. But that sort of the top, you know, there's probably seven still sniffing around for that top four, and Southern Lines still. Not out of it yet. And then this week's West's up against Nettie's. That'll be a good game. Colour yep. up against Cot also be a goodie. Uh, Junal up Southern Lions would be a good one. Pally Perth would be a good one. And then the Stan game is UW against Wanneroo out at Kingsway. And it, it could be a long afternoon for the Roo Dogs, but um, hopefully they'll show some fight and, you know, uni on a two-match losing streak. So... Wait and yeah, see what I think, happens. I think the one. pick of those. I think the pick of those games, Mickey's going to be that Pally Basie game. To be honest, that that'll yeah. be a real physical knock them down, drag them out. Uh, yeah, fair at Tompkins Park. Pally's always hard to beat at home, but Basie's in a bit of form at the moment. Yeah, so, they are playing really well. Yeah. West are on a bit of a run too now. Yes, like and a slow start again. And they did that all the time. They just start coming good. Jeremy Thrush yeah. is working away with a them. new nine ten combination. Is what I hear is. Couple new, like, yeah, couple of new players down there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, a couple of new ones. I mean, there's a few, there's a few new players in a few teams actually. But, yep, yeah, but that's good. <laughs> as long as it improves the the competition, it's uh, it's good. And then in the women's community tens, UW uh, 41-10 over West Southern Lions 31-27 in a close one over Rocky. Uh, Perth ten Netties, I think yeah, Perth ten Netties nil, and then Pally thirty two, Perth Irish fifteen. And then uh, this week, Southern Lions up against Perth Irish, Pally against Perth, UW against Rocky and West Nettys. And then in the women's premiers, Wanneroo 25 nil over Kalamunda and a 10-all draw between Southern Lions and Cot. So this week, Cot up against Wanneroo and Calla against the Southern Lions. And then Mitch in the Shoot Shield on the eastern coast of Australia. Uh, this weekend, Mickey, there was no games last weekend. Shoot Shield. No, they had the long, the long the weekend. Bye. Long weekend bye. This weekend. State titles. This weekend, and I'm heading down there. Uh, Ramick plays Gordon at Coogee Oval. Oh, really? So I'm shooting over to Sydney for the weekend. Nice. Uh, yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna trottle down the road to Coogee Oval to watch the Wicks play the guys. So it should Great. be good. Um, Ringa playing West Harbour down at Rat Park. Northern Suburbs versus Two Blues. That could be a good game, actually. Northern Suburbs are in form, but Two Blues have been renowned for the odd ep- upset this year. East versus South and Districts. That'll be the Bottom of the table, hit out. Eastwood versus Wildfires. That'll be a cracking game. Yeah. TG Milner and Sydney Uni taking on Manly. <laughs> nice one. And then Tass, mm. Brisbane Hospital Cup. Yeah, over in over in Brisbane in the Hospitals Cup. West West County. What's the co- what's the, cosp- what's the competition called? Is it hospital, hospitals, hospital. or hospitality? Hospital, hospital Cup. Hospital. hospital. Just hospital. hospital. One hospital. Store the store local hospital cup. The store <laughs> local hospital cup. Thank you. Mm. Uh, West accounted easily for for North. That's number one playing number nine. So first, first, last on the ladder. Um, the heavies went down to South twelve twenty six. So they've just about they've anchored themselves in that bottom three of the uh, comp. Brothers easily accounted for Sunnybank sixty four twelve. And the match of the weekend was East first Bond, where it was two versus three, and Bond managed to get the chocolates twenty nine thirty two. They beat East Tigers. So plenty of games coming up this weekend and some interesting results from last weekend. So that takes us to the mailbag. And I don't always like to whinge, but we mentioned a few episodes ago about an Australian Barbarians team that was coming together made up of players from club rugby. And I was excited about that. Thought there's a couple of good Perth players could get a run in that. So the team's been announced and they'll they'll play against the Australian under-20s team before they head to the Junior World Cup. Now, the thing that robbed me, there's a sentence in an article announcing it. It said, the Australian Barbarians team has a good selection of players from all around Australia with players from Sydney, Brisbane and Canberra clubs. Now, why not throw a couple of Melbourne and Perth players a bone and include them or don't call it the Australian Barbarians? Where would you see the announcement, Mickey? Because I'm still looking looking for that to see who's Where's in the, the team. Where's the actual team? Because yeah. alo- I'm going along to watch it tomorrow night. I want to oh, know yeah. who else is in the team. Yeah, no, it's all – there's a couple of a couple of country uh, New South Wales yeah. guys in it, but majority yeah. Sydney, Sydney, Brisbane and, and Canberra oh. club things. So, it might be you a, know, a budget thing, flying oh, guys in from From Melbourne or – yeah. Give me oh, a oh, yeah, they haven't got anything left after Sui Lee. Can't afford yeah. to bring a little <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, from the league. So, but I, I think you know, 
Two two players from Perth, two from Melbourne. Yeah, you know? I agree. I expected a couple of couple of other Perth club club players to be there. I, like when I asked Jack about it, he said, "Oh no, no one's there from WA." I went, "Oh no," nah, because they didn't pick them. I don't think they even yeah. looked. So I, don't I, even just, know. I find yeah. that really just really disappointing. It was an opportunity to, you know, we've got five Super Rugby teams. Let's pick some club players from the five states. Just yeah, and last last time they had a Barbar's fixture, they did pick WA guys. It was two or three, I think, that played in the last time these guys played the twenties, and it's it's becoming an annual fixture. So I don't know why. Which it and it, which it should be, and it should become mm. an aspirational thing for all club players to try and make the Australian Barbarians team as a, as a rep side yeah. from the best club players in the country. So I just think that was it annoyed me. That annoyed me a lot. And then another thing that annoyed me, the Brumbies played the Hurricanes, as we all know, sudden death final. Owned just over 8,500 people turned up to that. So, Mitch, you know the Brumbies in Canberra. Why don't mm. people turn up to watch the Brumbies? They had 21,000 at the Raiders game the day before. So surely yes. the Brumbies to so deserve an audience. The, can't be the cold because no. they all turned up on the. Well, maybe the league is <laughs> a little bit more resilient than the rugby Could guys. Be. But why don't the Brumbies? <laughs> why don't the Brumbies draw a crowd when they're the, they're such a know. good team? No idea, no idea, because it's a good atmosphere down there and it's a good stadium. I heard some and, stuff on social media saying it's hard to get to. Is it hard to get to? Well, twenty one thousand people the day before didn't have any problems. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So that doesn't work either. You can play. Like what is it? What is it that the Raiders are putting on that attracts fans that the Brumbies aren't? What's What's the disconnect there? Like, is it the game? Is it the that's is rugby? It just, is it just that's rugby? Just rugby, isn't it? It's got to be. Rugby's yeah. just off the radar well, for people that now. Could, that could be the answer. Like, if ten thousand people turned up to watch the Force play at HBF Park, I think most would be happy these days. If we well, got, we got they got they got over ten thousand at the Chiefs game. Last game, it was, it was, about, a, it was just under eleven thousand. Yeah. yeah, and that was just well, for that was a game. Every That's other a good game, every other yeah. crowd, every other if that any other team that had a finals at home, it would have been at least double that. It would have been sixteen thousand as a minimum. Yeah. So I just don't yeah. know why the Brumbies can only pull eight eight thousand. It's um. I think that's a sign of the times, and yeah. it, maybe it's a ticketing ticketing price issue. I don't know, or a membership issue. But I know the Brumbies were working hard on trying to get more bums on seats and more get get engaged more at the community grassroots level, but they don't have a huge community rugby structure in Canberra. It's quite limited. Yeah. But you think you'd and try and draw a, draw on some New South Wales country or yeah. mm. you know, try and is get it a some population issue then as well? Yeah, it might be, but again, but again like the Raiders are getting twenty one thousand. And it's the finals. It's the finals. Yeah. It's the last time you see the Brumbies for the year and you're playing against the Hurricanes, which you know is going to be a cracking game. Good game. It was. Yeah. So yeah, why wouldn't you go along? But it was oh. played on a played on a rugby in you know anyone who was at community rugby on that day and they were all playing community rugby that afternoon would have been going home having a shower getting dressed going out to bruce stadium so maybe a lot of the rugby you know but having a final on a saturday same day as you got grassroots rugby on probably was a a little bit to their detriment as well that probably mm-hmm. put a line through a few hundred people yeah without a doubt. but they just still yeah this never seemed to get big crowds and it surprised mm-hmm. me because i mean they're stacked full of wallabies so it's not like no, you're watching good good players, good footy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, then some player news. Uh, Tom Horton and Charlie Hancock have both re-signed for two years. Tess, you like you like those signings? Yeah, I mean, especially Tom Horton. I think he's a, he's a really good, strong, up-and-coming hooker. And, uh, again, Chrono like spoke about him having to cover the back row as well at times this year. But, like, it shows that how well he can compete up front, but he's still, like, a mobile hooker. And he's still, you know, he's still learning his craft. So, He's gonna. He's just going to improve as well. He's going to help fill that hole that's going to be left by Falafanga. And then, you know, Charlie Hancock is just one of those. You know, he's a big, bulking guy, big young prop, and um, you know, he he got he got exposed a little bit earlier this year. He got his first exposure to Super Rugby this year, which is um, he's going to learn from. And uh, you know, the only way will be up for him though as well. I'm sure he'll end up. I think he'll end up back over on the East Coast and playing a bit of shoot shield and he'll be under the tutelage of of laurie weeks over there so learning some some yeah, dark arts with, at scrum time so uh he'll come back a um a better player then as well yep and then uh still on play news ryan mccauley gone to france is that that is that a a big loss um i think if you asked me that at the beginning of the season if you if, if we were talking about it at the beginning of the year yes but the way that Jeremy Williams and Felix Calipau have have mm. come on this year, I think that helps to really to really hold that uh, 
to cover that loss pretty well. Like I think by the end of it, I know even though uh, Ryan, I think he tore his pec or injured himself when he yeah, did he tore come his back. Pec. That's right. Yeah. When he did come back, but I think he was available in a week or so, a week or two before that, and he was still on the bench. So yeah, you know they they were keeping him out of the squad because of how well they were playing, and I think you know as much as we need that depth. Uh, there'll be someone else that that Crono will be able to bring through him, and Jimmy will be able to bring through. So, mm. yeah. wish him all the best over in France. In France, and as we mentioned, Otanuku Powder from Perth Bayswater also heading across to France, which is fantastic for him. And then uh, there was a story floating around. Hamish McLean supports it, Phil War supports it, and now the New Zealand Players Association chief executive, a guy called Rob Nickel, he said he has warmly embraced the possibility of a Super Rugby Pacific draft involving Australia and the Pacific Islands, according to a recent report. So that uh, that would be good. Apparently the New Zealand media hate the idea, but I, I still think it would be good. Yeah, absolutely it would be good. I mean, yes, it's got a benefit, probably going to benefit Australian rugby more than New Zealand rugby, but surely surely it's got the benefits I see for New Zealand rugby and the franchises there is that they, they can uncover some more talent that, they yeah, may yeah. be stockpiling some of those franchises. Yeah. Like you can't tell me the Highlanders could do with a bit of a top up at the moment. And yeah. you know, I think it's a good idea. I think it's. I, I can't see anything wrong with it. I there's think no, it, yeah. there's no it, downside. It'll weaken a bit of the 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 concern will be that if it weakens the Wallabies, that'll be the big concern. Like I I agree. I think um, I think that Super Rugby in New Zealand might get diluted a tad, but I think it'll make the All Blacks stronger because they've got more guys more, than yeah, exposed yeah. to a high level of rugby. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, just the effects, like hopefully the concentrate will be that it makes the Wallaby stronger, but it could go, yeah, it could go either way. And then a bit of news coming out of England. Johnny Sexton, he could be facing the prospect of missing some World Cup warm-up matches and even some games in the tournament. Uh, after his actions during and after the Champions Cup final. So he was, he was involved in a half-time tunnel set um, set to with uh, the referee Jaco Paper. I don't know how you say his name. Jaco? Jaco. Jaco Paper. Jaco yeah. Paper. Yep. So yeah. his, his behaviour was described as intimidating by one official. So he's been accused of three counts of misconduct, alleged to have mouthed obscenities towards the three on-pitch officials. So he's, he's not playing. He's injured at the moment. But... Um, Another situation earlier, a guy got a 10-week ban for doing a, a similar thing. So that wouldn't be ideal if uh, Johnny Sexton is missing for part of that World Cup. I, I heard it could be even longer as well. It could be oh, really? his retirement too. Really? If he's found, yeah, depending on the level. Because he, I think he'd spoken about the World Cup will be his swan song. Yeah, he's 37. And then it could even be, it could even be past. Wow. Past, like the, it could, the suspension could rule him out past the... Uh, the World Cup as well. Wow. That'll throw their plans into disarray. And then a little bit of a plug for an event on the Thursday, the 20th of July from half past five up at Western Force HQ in Florida. It's all about rugby pathways in WA. So whether you're a seasoned player or you're the parent of a young player or you're a young player yourself starting out and you want to know more about the programs and pathways available, Simon Taylor, the CEO of Rugby WA and Chris Heiberg, a former force player and the head of pathways at rugby wa they're going to be running that so lots of opportunities to ask questions so if you are interested contact rugby wa for details or head across to eventbrite which is b-r-i-t-e and just type in rugby in the search and find out because i I think that's a great idea to let parents and kids know what's going on absolutely mickey it's transparency of the pathways and hopefully they continue the regional champs which they had in place put back in place last year i think they did with the north v south concepts and Mm. um get some support behind the state teams yeah and chris heiberg's been great Tess. yeah absolutely he's um he's a really he's a really passionate man he's passionate like he it's great that he's got like rugby as a passion but as well being able to help develop these young kids and and really drive them and help pass on some of his experiences and call on all that those experiences that he had as well uh, to try and help them out. So he's, um, yeah, I think he's he's great for this job. Mm. And we finished on some sad news last week, and unfortunately we're going to go again on this one, that was the passing of Peter Momara, the inaugural CEO at the Western Force. Uh, he came on board in March 2005, steered the club through to January 2008, and by the end of 2007, just one year after the competition of the Force, the Force had the biggest sponsorship portfolio and the biggest membership base of any Australian Super 14. So he, he came in and uh, did some great stuff. And Mitch, you obviously worked with him 
yeah, yeah. The big beak. He was one of the good men of rugby and had his heart in the right place and had really good business acumen and and from scratch was able to yeah. build a really good corporate network. Um, and we all remember the firepower debacle and yep. that, that hurt us a little bit. But you got <laughs> yep. to but he was prepared to take risks and he's prepared to, you know, put his neck out there and, and try and build something special for the future. And some of the initial signings that he was able to pull yeah, off yeah. with the likes of Matt Giddo and Brennan Cannon and Nathan Sharp and the like yep. and getting coach John Mitchell on board. I mean, that was ma- that was major yeah. coup was territory. Right and no one no one's been able to repeat that ever since what yeah. he was able to put together initially yeah. and uh, to build that build I guess the early years from scratch and you know getting crowds of 30,000 to Subio Subio yeah, or 25 30,000 like it was phenomenal yeah so condolences to to his friends and family so that'll do us tonight semi-finals time in Super Rugby Mitch good to see you yeah good to see you guys I'll uh, I'll report in from over in Sydney this weekend I'll yes be watching you blokes on the on my stand sport and getting soaking up a little bit of uh, Sydney club rugby and catch a little bit of rugby league and I'll see what um, the Aussie 20s are like tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, report back on that uh, with uh, the four Western Force boys involved in that. And uh, Tess, always a pleasure. Thank you, never a chore. Thank you, gents. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you next time on the Rugby Rally.